2: fan of young adult novels.
3: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
2: Then join author Eric J. Brown
3: and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's the circle.
2: Every other Tuesday on Y-A-O-K.
3: Available on all podcasting apps.
2: Woo!
0: Hi Geekscapists, the Geekscape Podfather Jonathan here. In May, we lost one of our own. Longtime Geekscape is Christopher Ellis, who was a friend and a part of our geek community from the very beginning. Chris even met his wife, Sarah, through our podcast and their 2015 wedding seemed like a giant Geekscape party. Chris's final weeks battling in the hospital shed light on a huge national problem. The COVID pandemic has almost completely depleted our national and local blood banks. These supplies are used by thousands of hospitals to provide life-saving treatments to patients or to buy enough time for loved ones just to say goodbye. So for the next month and beyond, we're going to do it big in Chris's memory and do some good in the process. We're throwing a blood drive. Visit www.aabb.org to find a donation center near you or visit other blood and platelet donation centers like the Red Cross. And let's make things interesting. For the next month, take a selfie of yourself donating with the hashtag GeekscapeGives and tag your favorite Geekscape podcast. We'll pick some charitable Geekscapists to send prizes to and the podcast that gets mentioned the most We'll also get some cool rewards. I should actually cancel the podcast that gets mentioned the least. Can I do that? Whatever. The point is go out there and donate some blood, tag a selfie of yourself doing it with the hashtag GeekscapeGives, and get others to do the same. We couldn't save our friend Chris, but we can do a whole lot of good in his name. Geekscape Forever!
4: Another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are discussing 1978's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, as picked by me. Who would have guessed? Yeah, so let me throw this out there first and foremost. Is it an apology? Because... Hear me out. I don't think that this is a good movie. I'm not sitting here to defend it. But what I want to talk about is that I feel like this movie constantly is juggling between being a movie i would like and then immediately being a movie i kind of hate (laughs) consistently through the movie so like on the positive side of things right the scenes with the tomatoes i still think are really funny and hold up in the sense of like they are selling the tomato attacks with such sincerity but then whenever they're like, here's the wacky team of people that are going to stop and save the world, it just falls to shit every single time that it jumps there. Twice. Yeah. I laughed twice <laughs> this
5: entire movie, and I don't think either one had a tomato in it. Really? I mean, one implied, Yeah, the one scene implied that there is a tomato, which was the old couple. When it, oh yeah, uh, oh, that scene's great. <laughs> that and then the end. The end was the only scene where where I laughed. And I knew it wasn't that funny, but I guess it was such a bad movie that the one scene was redeeming is when he when the newscaster is just aggressively interviewing that woman whose husband just went missing. And she's like he's like, Are you gonna get married again? What are you gonna do if you find your husband dead in a ditch somewhere? You better get married soon. You're no spring chicken, you know? <laughs>
4: See, so there are a couple things that still make me laugh. I mean, 90% of this movie is 80-yard bullshit. Oh, yeah. The ADR line that always makes me laugh is when the bikers <laughs> get attacked and the one biker falls on the ground and the tomato rolls up to him and the ADR line is just like, hey, there's a funky little tomato. <laughs> like- <laughs> there's like, I don't know, it's so weird because, and I was reading a review because I was trying to wrap my head around this because this is like a cult hit. Like this movie... Kind of did whatever when it came out and then had like this massive cult following that led to three sequels and a cartoon series and like all types of. Yeah. Why? I have no clue. I mean, the later sequels are higher budget for sure. George
5: Clooney in the second one?
4: George Clooney was in the second one and Sean Astin, or not Sean Astin, John Astin, Gomez, the original Gomez Adams is the villain in all the other sequels. He's like the creator of the tomatoes cuz they can talk talk in the sequels, right? Yeah, they they you, you not know just what? Grumbling. I want to I'm going to throw this out there. <laughs> the very opening scene I still think is a really funny setup. And I think it's in part because of the it's the first time that you hear these tomato noises that are just like
3: me Like as it's
4: it's that really shitty they just reversed the shot of someone rolling a tomato into the sink and then reversed yeah. it so it looks like yeah. it's rolling out of the you sink. You
2: know, the worst part about that is that I was like, Oh, they had it on a string. That's that's clever. I'm like, no, no, they didn't have it on a string at all. <laughs> the other big thing about the opening of this
4: movie, I also wrote down the old couple scene because that, that scene is funny for, again, what I talked about in So Bad It's Good movies, the best elements are like, this is just the best that we can do with what we've been given, and it's like, those two people cannot act. So, like, let's just lean into it and give them, like, them detailing something horrific happening, but they are so inept as actors that they're just gonna monitor, (laughs) only read it while sitting on the couch. I
2: think it worked well, actually. Yeah. The
4: helicopter scene, though, is... Uh, Something that I wrote down because the helicopter scene, I'm not sure if either of you know the story of that. I know nothing about this movie. Okay. So this movie had a $100,000 budget. $60,000 went to replacing the helicopter because that crash wasn't supposed to happen. What? Um, The scene was that the helicopter was supposed to just land and then they would do a scene. And if you watch the scene the tail of the helicopter hits the ground before the rest of the helicopter, and then it started to spin out of control. No one got injured, but they quickly had to just improv a scene to explain the helicopter crash as if it was supposed to happen. And I actually think, I wrote down, the ad-lib dialogue of them walking away from the wreckage is better than most of the dialogue in this movie. It's like, a kamikaze tomato flew at our helicopter, and the one guy's like, Tomatoes can't fly. It's like, well, they
2: don't eat people either, but they seem to be doing a great job of it. You know, um, even that's the thing is like this movie is painful. Like I just oh, it's need bad. I need the listeners yeah. to know like it is I am I am still reeling. I my trust issues are back. I just don't know <laughs> I don't know what i'm gonna do with matt right now because he's been hurting me so much but yeah like the this movie is just not fun there's no fun to be had in it if you like naked gun movies more than you like dogs let's just say because i'm the inverse if you hate puppies and you love naked gun movies you might enjoy one watch of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I mean, I like um, both of those things. Yeah, I don't think I they're usually exclusive. The
4: to... Yeah, <laughs> This movie wants to be a Naked Gun movie so bad. It does. It wants to be important. a Mel Brooks movie. <laughs> yeah. like,
5: insanely bad because, like, Mel Brooks has the shtick that, where it's like, let's just break out in song a few times, you know, yeah. in a yeah. movie. And Mel Brooks's songs are fucking catchy. Like... <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he can did make you say "Attack of the Killer
2: Tomatoes" isn't catchy, or the song where the guy's talking uh, I'm about. I'm not talking
5: about "Attack of the part, Killer Tomatoes" theme song, the one where he was like, I don't know, he made a joke about like <laughs> sending them to Alabama, and then they left because they didn't want to invade Alabama. It was just a dumb song. Like there was nothing catchy. Yeah, about
2: it. yeah. No, all the so- all the music in this because it yeah, it's like a quasi musical. Um, all the music is just. It's bad. bad. It's it, it's, really it's really bad. bad. And like it's, that's the thing about so I don't find the shittiness of this charming. I find it insufferable.
4: <laughs> and that's the and that's what I think is the problem is like I think that if you didn't actually try to lean into the jokes and you just tried to play it serious that a bunch of tomatoes were killing people, this movie would have worked so much better, but it's when it leans into like like you said, the musical bits, or like this, that, and the other thing. Like you can have a few jokes peppered in. Like there was like one point where they were listening to the radio and an ad on the radio came on. It was on. an
2: ad for the radio, uh, then an ad about the ad for the radio. And it was just like, I, I get it, you know? Um, well, no, I wasn't even gonna refer to that. It was an
4: advertisement for a beer. <laughs> and it oh. was uh, sh- shirts beer. You're never too drunk to ask for more shirts.
2: (laughs) See, that's fun. That's fun. fun. Yeah, like it's like those are the lines that that work. But but even in this movie, like I didn't find that amusing. You know, like I find it amusing when you tell me about it. And
5: Matt, you saw this when you were younger. Like I never saw this, but I remember you watching this movie.
4: So I wouldn't say younger I was in high school by the time I finally saw it but okay, I used to watch the cook- when you were younger <laughs> <laughs> Yeah true <laughs> uh but yeah like when I I watched the cartoon constantly. Yeah, I did, too. I did, too. Like I and, you know, stay tuned, Patreon. We might be watching the first episode of the cartoon (laughs) for a Patreon episode. I had seen the cartoon and then I was aware of its existence because of Elvira, because obviously this is the movie that she does the screening of in Elvira for before she does the flash dance performance. Um, But it was actually Mr. Finn gave me he got a copy of it at a yard sale and was like here this seems like something you would like and i actually watched it on halloween night and i was like this kind of sucks
2: <laughs> and yeah you're then, like man i ruined the best day of the year yeah. but
4: then i but then i kept like then i put it on again and i was like there's like I, I my stance has always been like there are elements of this movie that i like but as a whole i think it's a very Bad movie that's trying really too hard. It shouldn't have been made. That's the thing. It should have never been made. And this movie seems like they saw the trailer
5: for the birds and was like, a bunch of birds killing people. How stupid is that? What's next? Tomatoes? You know? Like it didn't there wasn't like, oh, I love Hitchcock. Like I want to make this like and I don't even know if it's a direct parody of the birds. I'm just basing it I mean, off they, the first like. Yeah, they, they made a
2: reference. I mean I and, think that yeah. it's more Jaws than the Birds, but that's just because of the way that the, the battles go, you know? The, the yeah, f- the, but again, the, the attacks.
4: I, I do think, and I still, and this is the part that I will defend, I think that the parts with the killer tomatoes make me laugh, like... The scene where they show up and there's just tomatoes laying on the ground. They're not even moving and they're just shooting at them with shotguns. <laughs> like, that's funny. Or like doing like the Jaws scene where everyone's swimming and then out of nowhere it's just a bunch of tomatoes start to rise up yeah. in the water. Like that's, those shots that is the are good really shot. funny shots. Yeah, yeah but like, like you
2: can't this movie pads out two minutes of good material with, you know, ninety minutes oh. of shit.
4: And it's, so, it's such a short movie, and it feels so fucking long. It's an 80-minute movie that feels like it's two and a half hours. Yeah, it would yeah. have been
5: perfect for, like, Stay Tuned. Like, this would yeah. have been a great thing yes. to, to stay tuned where it's like, oh, look at these cheesy movies. It should have never been a full movie, ever.
4: So, so I will say there's one other line, and I've talked about it a few times before, but it is the one scene in this movie that, for, for whatever reason, will always make me laugh. And it's when they're doing the big news broadcast about people being terrified of tomatoes. And they say something like, even the mere mention of the word sends people into a panic. And it's just that guy sitting in the library and its he looks to the left, he looks to the right, and then he just goes, tomato! And then everybody... But it's just the way he says tomato and the smile on his face that he's just so pleased with. My
5: favorite thing about that is
4: the energy
5: that you came telling that story <laughs> and Scott looking like he's in a Wes Anderson movie. Like <laughs> <where it> just <laughs> straight
4: <laughs> The entire time. And the only other line that was written to be funny that still makes me chuckle a little bit is the the undercover agent dresses a tomato being found out when he asks for ketchup. <laughs> just so dumb. It's such a dumb movie. But yeah, there's some parts I like. Other fun fact, along with the helicopter, and this is not shocking when you think about it, the fountain scene where the underwater expert just wanders into a fountain and starts scuba diving in there, yeah. was shot uh, without any permits, guerrilla style. So, like of the course. people that are sitting on the fountain that are like, you see them noticeably like jump up confused, is they're just like, I oh, don't know, this will be funny. Just get a We'll sit in this hotel room that's got a great view of the fountain. And you just go do your thing. Joke doesn't work. Wasn't worth the time. But. Yeah, it
2: could be worse. They could have had him walk around with a steak and fake blood in his mouth and go, "I'm vampire steak me," <laughs> which is also a Matt pick. So this is why I yeah. have trust issues now. Yeah, I'm bringing. I'm bringing the heat. <laughs> no, yeah. you're bringing the lukewarm. You're bringing the fucking curdled milk.
4: Yeah,
5: I. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm inclined to agree with Scott. You know,
2: <laughs> you're right. Here's the thing It's like when you agree with me about my vehement hatred of a, of a pick It's like it's world-shattering because you are the most Don't rock the boat person. I think I've ever met
5: <laughs> I'm not even angry at Matt. I just think we have <laughs> to get to a point Where we're like we want to entertain but at what cost?
2: <laughs> I don't think that we're at that point. I think we've been at that point for six years. You know, like, there, there's there's a back catalog from before you came along that is equally painful in other ways. And most of them weren't Matt's fault, but, uh, you know, he's back on his bullshit and I just don't, I don't know Listen, what we can do to stop this. Here's the one this. thing
4: I'll say. This is, this is me defending myself at this point. In my defense, the other person Who used to be on this show and is no longer on this show? Who used to pick particularly bad movies? If nothing else, I at least come with like a like a
2: discussion plan. That's no excuse, man. You're still hurting me. That's like being like I only smacked the shit out of you because my hand was itchy.
5: Yeah, (laughs) no, but I guess that's that. He does have a point because, like, I'm just like. We watched The Dallas Times 5, and you guys are like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, do you have any information on the movie? I was like, nope, let's talk about it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but the thing about you is, like, I know why you pick bullshit. It's because you're a low-effort person. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Matt is a high-effort person to a a point, but he's just so, eh. The other half of the time that it's like the follow-through is only there Half the time, with you, the follow-through is never there, so I don't have to expect it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. This is not <laughs> me criticizing I, any. Well, this I've isn't me been, criticizing Brian. I, this is me just saying, like, I know you well enough, but I also know Matt well <laughs> enough to know that he, I deserve better from this relationship.
4: No, I, I listen in the sense of who makes us, who makes the other one hurt less? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you hurt me way less than I hurt you. But I do, when I'm making my picks, it's not sitting there being like, man, Scott and Brian are gonna have a blast with this. I'm like, I don't know, this is pretty fucking dumb. We could have some fun with this. Like, that's usually the thought process. I think that your
2: thought process is, we can have fun after you make me suffer through it. And for me, I'm like, this would be a fun watch. And then we can have fun talking about it. Nah, nah, that's never (sighs) fun. The good news is that I don't like any
4: of the sequels enough to ever want to pick them, so... You know, once we watch that that episode of the cartoon series, the cartoon I'm, I'm good. is
2: going to be fine. Because I, I grew up on the cartoon. Um, so two funny little stories about my childhood and Killer Tomatoes is that I. Oh wait,
4: you said this. But you were a Killer Tomato for I was Halloween. A, I once, was a Killer right? Tomato for Halloween
2: one time. It was just me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, like, I appreciate parents that that don't. Stifle their children's creativity because uh, as far as shitty costumes go because I feel like at a certain point Kids need to learn that they're being idiots because kids are idiots and you know like the world has to teach them Your parents can't just teach you everything so I was like I love the show attack of the killer Tomato or Whatever it's called killer tomatoes right the cartoon yeah. Um, yeah. so I I was like I love that show it is so funny and fun and mind you I was like six or Seven so my thought process was I want to be a killer tomato. How can I be a killer tomato? Oh I'll have mom buy me a a sweatsuit a red sweatsuit and we'll put red um, Paint on my hands and face and get some of that red hairspray that you used to get back in the 80s in my hair And I'll be a killer tomato went trick-or-treating. I was upset that people didn't know what I was <laughs> You know, they're like, what are you? I'm like, I'm a killer tomato and they're like That's, that's nice, honey. You know, like, it's just, they didn't even have any time for my bullshit. And there are pictures, and I will try and scrounge one up and and, and post it, because it was a, again, very low effort. I have become a much more high effort person in my adulthood, but that was definitely a Matt Kelly original. Um, As far as the effort level goes, it might have been a Brian Kelly original. That's the one thing, and the second thing is that the thing I don't remember from the the cartoon or this movie that kind of fucked me up when I was watching the very first minute is, I was like, oh my God, the theme song's real. Because my dad used yes. to sing that shit to me, just that the first, you know, the, literally the, the, the theme of the title of the movie with a ridiculous French accent at the, on tomatoes. And I don't know why, I don't know what the thought process was behind that, but I'm sure that if I asked him, he'd be like, I don't know, funny. <laughs> you know like um but but like it was it was really weird to be like oh i thought he made that up because it's so shitty that it sounds like something a parent would make up you know like those songs it
4: it sounds like the first attempt (laughs) yeah
2: no brian you know how like we sing at our dogs right oh my god yeah yeah it it sounds like some shit that you'd sing at your dog or like be like oh just taking a walk gonna look at my garden you know like it's that same and they wrote an entire thing, they recorded it, they found this guy with this ridiculous vibrato.
5: Oh, you do originals. That's dope, I do uh, Weird Al (laughs) when I take my dogs out. Like, I'll be like, Kiki
2: body,
5: grab the leash and let's go potty. (laughs) That's
2: that's equally good. Like, I'm not saying that mine are better, I'm saying that that they're both stupid in different ways.
4: (laughs) So one last Factoid before we dive into our double features. Since you're talking about the music, you know, we have to mention that the song Puberty Love pops up frequently in this movie. (laughs) The singer of Puberty Love is Matt Cameron, Um, which that name might be familiar to some listeners. It might not be. He is the dr- original drummer of Soundgarden and current drummer of Pearl Jam, but when he was eight, he got cast to be the voice that sang Puberty Love in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes.
2: So you can only go, I mean, I don't give a shit about Pearl Jam, and I don't really think that I ever liked Soundgarden that much. So, like you know, like, congratulations, buddy. Yeah. You definitely can only you, go you up, up. From, from being in Attack <laughs> of the yeah. Killer Tomatoes.
5: I don't think anyone from Philly likes Pearl Jam anymore. That's just my hot take.
0: All right.
2: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
3: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
2: Then join author Eric J. Brown
3: and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle
2: every other Tuesday on YAOK.
3: Available on all podcasting apps.
2: Woo!
4: So double feature, does this movie wish it was a Naked Gum movie? It certainly does. But what this movie really wishes it was, was Dr. Strangelove. And one of the reviews that I read pointed something out, and that's when I started to click with Dr. Strangelove, is they're like, this movie could be good. This movie could be good in being like, A, a parody of like a kaiju movie or a disaster movie or what have you with these tomatoes taking over the world. And it could also be a movie about how inept the U.S. government is that they can't even like stop a bunch of tomatoes from taking over the world. (laughs) But you Mm -hmm. have to do them. You have to do all of it with a straight face for any of it to to actually like work and land. Yeah. And that's why I think Dr. Strangelove does well is that it like. Is a film completely making fun of the absurdity of war and making fun of war movies all at once, but doing it as straight face as it can up until the point when a guy rides an H-bomb to a random country while waving his cowboy hat in the air. But got to keep in mind, like, though, that that most- was
2: like, you know, Stanley Kubrick, Peter Weller. I mean, there are a lot of big yeah. names that are suspiciously absent from Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. one of one
4: of my favorite imdb trivia notes was before this movie almost none of the cast had ever acted in a movie and after this movie
2: many of the cast never acted again because they were literally like trauma was like you're too bad for even a trauma film you know like that's how now we're
4: good we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and pass on this one please scott what would your double feature with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes so, be? So,
2: since I know that I'm never watching this movie again, um, I'm going to pretend that this was my first and last watch that I have to do a double feature with, and so I'm going to do a burner night. I'm going to do a forget-me-now night, if we can go back to the, uh, okay. to the, the Arrested Development joke days. I'm going to do Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and then The Happening, which is also about an impossibly stupid plant attack.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and Brian, your double feature?
5: I was trying to think of the most appropriate way to say this, but there is none. So, um, oh, no, so If anyone the show. gets angry at me, uh, I'm sorry. So You get my apology in advance, but I would pair this with Citizen Toxie, uh, and how they both connect is Black Hitler, and that's
4: it. An oh, ad- yeah, that is true. They both have that, yeah. for
2: sure. Yeah, this is the most trauma, non-trauma film ever. The
4: things that you've watched this week. Uh, ironically, we're recording this the day after Fourth of July, uh, America's Independence, or as some people call it, "Fuck You England Day." <laughs> I've been having my own "Fuck You England Day" for the last month because I've been watching all of The Crown, and very often I yell at my TV, "Fuck You England!" While <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> watching you, it, "Fuck You Clowny." <laughs> I kind of hate watched three seasons of The Crown Oof. just to get to the princess die season because I was like yo the prince everyone was like the princess die season is incredible and it is I was led to believe that you really it was worth taking in those first three seasons of like context before diving in but it's not if you're curious just jump right into season three of the crown watch how terribly they treated princess Diana during her time in uh the monarch season four good stuff season one through three eh.
2: (laughs) a matt kelly review. yeah that's hey (laughs) as i've said multiple times this episode eh you know matt kelly eh reviews brian you want to go you want me to go
5: i can go i out of support for my boss because it's his favorite franchise i went to see fast nine and (laughs) oh my i can't remember the last time I belly laughed at a movie that wasn't intentionally funny.
4: Like, I, it was so ridiculous. I'm pausing you for one second, and this is coming from someone who's only watched maybe three movies in that franchise and not in any particular order. I don't think that you can say that they don't know they're being ridiculous. <laughs> one of the previous movies, there's definitely a scene where the rock in the distance sees a heist going on side note he had just recently broken his arm in the movie and he goes daddy's got to go to work and then he flexes himself out of his (laughs) i'm not saying they don't think
5: they're ridiculous i'm saying there was there were scenes (laughs) written for comedy in this movie that got crickets but when (laughs) they were driving across a swing bridge And someone cut the swing bridge and you just see this Jeep fall with the swing bridge. And then five seconds later, you see this Jeep fly from the cliff and land. I got a belly laugh. And just a little spoiler, Ludacris ends up in space in a car that has a rocket motor.
2: You're selling it to me because I've never watched any of them, but this is like, I just want to go to the most balls-to-the-wall stupid part of the series. Just
5: literally, I watched one and nine. So I watched Point Break with Cars and then
4: this. When they became the Avengers, I don't know, but that's what this movie is. Yeah, so Fast 9, high recommend from Brian, I take it. Yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, my boss makes a lot of money, so he like... Paid for us in the row. Like, don't don't give this movie money. <laughs> <laughs> Let someone else pay yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. But see it when it's free. All right, Scott.
2: So when Matt was over visiting recently, we were looking through Shutter, and I was adding stuff to my list. But there was a Shutter original that we watched the first two minutes of before I was like, I can't right now with this. It's called <laughs> Super Deep or the Super Deep, um, and it's a Russian. 20, it was made in 2020. So Russian sci-fi horror movie, very formulaic. I finally watched it last night, this morning, um, early in the morning, cause I couldn't sleep and I should have just gone to sleep, <laughs> you know, like, but I wa- <laughs> the reason why I wanted to, to mention that is because what we were talking about recently about how Shudder, like, even when Shudder does Shudder originals that suck, I still appreciate that they have the money and they're giving these bad movies a, a platform. Now, the, the reason why Superdeep is bad is because it it is entirely eighty yard. first of all. It sucks, um, but it's a Russian movie. I mean, like, it, it probably was originally, you know, but the weird thing is that some people are speaking in Russian and it looks like they made it, like, they made everybody record everything twice, so their English isn't great. Like, you can see with their mouths that their English isn't great, but then they have people that are like, ADR'd in so that they have these weird English accents, but the main female character uh, does not. She speaks with an accent, but no one else does. And I'm like, you're in Siberia. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, but it's it's <laughs> like this, it's kind of like The Thing meets Resident Evil. I mean, it's shit that you've seen before, and is not good, but I gotta give Shudder props once again, and I always will, for the fact that they have money to throw at projects like that you know like make your movie all right it might be bad but i'm still appreciative of the fact that someone lets you make your movie so thank you shutter
5: hell yeah yeah that's why i was ungrateful for comedy central in the 90s because i hated so many shows but like looking back it's like man they gave everybody a fucking chance they gave maybe too many chances Maybe too many for sure. But like they were given nobody. It's not even like, oh, this celebrity wants to make a show like a lot of times they were fucking nobodies. Maybe they were like writers that you didn't know, but they weren't super well known people. And it was just like, yeah, have a shot. See what you can do.
4: Yeah. On a similar note, talking about things that we appreciate with horror. I saw a Facebook post right before we started recording from Jeff, who pretty much runs Scream Factory. And he was extremely pissed off about something, and I understand why. And I want to do a quick second to say, hey, we all love that there's companies like Scream Factory and Vinegar Syndrome and Diablique Films and all of these companies out there that are finding these, like, really hard to get in any format movies and spending all this money and time to like do a film restoration so that they can put it on Blu-ray for a loser like me who really wants it on their shelf. So here's the deal. If you through some type of insider source, be it like knowing someone who's working on one of those projects, finds out that one of those is getting released, Don't be a dick and announce it on a Facebook group before the people who've spent years working on getting that thing put together have a chance to make a formal announcement about it because it really negates all of the time and energy that they've spent on working with licenses and like doing film restoration for you to just like take the wind out of their sails and make it an internet story. Before they're ready for the formal announcement,
2: you're you're being way nicer about it than I would be. I would be like, "Listen, oh, you fucking sure. aunt," you know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: like, there's a there's a joke that someone once told me, and it definitely carries over into the horror community too. But uh, the joke was, "What is one thing that every person at the comic book shop wants to know?" And one more
2: thing than and you, right? Name yeah you've definitely told me that
4: than everyone else in the room yeah and it's accurate it pisses
2: me off though because you're right like everybody thinks they're that they have to be a goddamn expert or or just you know like you know put the no the you know i i I, you're not gonna realize well actually you know you, you you suck up suck in your nose and you push your glasses up and you're like you're wrong let me tell you why you're wrong this is also why i don't really read it anymore because so much of it is just yeah that kind of gatekeepy bullshit and and like yeah. th- if there's one thing that we try and i think succeed quite well at on horror movie night and especially in our like our facebook community is no one's a dick um and and, and
4: it's, it's a pretty clean friendly spot yeah but it's also great because the, the
2: the thing that it, it's great that's great but it also isn't fair to compare us to something like a vinegar syndrome or a you know scream factory or any even bigger podcasts more people know and they're they also making money. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing this for money so we yeah. can be we can pari- you know like we can pick and choose like you're being a piece of shit, bye. You know, like we but they they're yeah. like, well, we can't really become notorious for blocking people from our page for you know posting spoilers and things like that. So, I mean, like just let people be experts if that's their job, you know? Like that, that that'd yeah. be nice. try. Well, and-
4: yeah. And big, big shout out to the horror movie night Facebook group because they also do a really good job of policing themselves yeah. uh, versus like the first year or so that we had that page there definitely was like, you know, messages internally of like, should we delete this post? Should we like block this person? And now we don't even have to have those conversations because the group either right away starts <laughs> flagging stuff yeah. that they think is too spammy or shitty or they'll just harass someone until they leave the group. And I love, I really court.
2: appreciate when you do that because I don't want to be that guy. I know that might seem like I want <laughs> exactly. to be that guy, but I don't want to be that guy. So if you can be that guy or gal or they or whatever, I mean like if you want to be that, that person, please be our guest.
4: Yep. Yeah, so. That was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, a very bad parody. Your
2: bad tracker your your bad track record is continuing. Maybe you could learn a little something from your baby bro. Just a thought.
4: We'll be back. Go and visit the website hmnpodcast.com for all of our podcast stuff.
0: I don't know, everyone has a podcast now? Well, not really. What is true is that according to Nielsen statistics, 55% of the US population, that's over 155 million people, have listened to a podcast and 24% of the population, that's 68 million people, listen to podcasts weekly. And these numbers continue to trend upward. What's also true is that over 75% of all podcasts fade
4: away after the first few episodes. It could be for a variety of reasons. Lack of strong concept, poor production value, people not realizing how much time needs to be dedicated to it, or simply just not knowing how to get the word out about podcasts. That's where
0: WeKnowPodcasting.com comes in. At WeKnowPodcasting.com, we have a combined 25 years of podcast experience, and we can help you achieve your podcasting goals. Whether you need help starting a new podcast or want to take your currently active podcast to the next level, we got you. From consultations to concept development, from theme music to editing, promotion, animation, graphics, you name it, and we're here to help. Don't become another
4: failed podcast statistic. Let us guide you and help your show become a success. Check out the website at we knowpodcasting.com And even if you're on the fence, don't hesitate to reach out. We're friendly guys, we're passionate about pods, and we're here to help.
2: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.
0: Hi, friends. The world got you down.
2: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
3: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
2: Then join author Eric J. Brown.
3: And Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle.
2: Every other Tuesday on YAOK.
3: Available on all podcasting apps.
2: Woo!
5: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.